Welcome to The Hustle with Ben Anderson, highlighting a series of inspirational success stories with celebrities, entrepreneurs, athletes, and industry-leading professionals. Ben has learned and mastered the art of the hustle, which has allowed him to become a top 20 USA loan originator and the number one mortgage and real estate finance coach in America, who has closed more than $3 billion in real estate finance transactions. So sit back, listen, and learn with The Loan King about money and mortgage. Welcome to The Hustle with myself, your host, Ben Anderson. Got a great friend today. It's going to be a dynamic episode, Eric Bigger. Sometimes I sit with guests who have great stories, and then once in a while you get a great connection. So we're going really deep today. Any human being has to hear what we're dropping today. Welcome to the show, Eric. Hey, Ben. Thanks for having me, man. It's an honor to be here in front of you. Thank you. The Hustle. We're here. You know, we're here. And we're going to bring some truths to people who are looking to get themselves either going in life, uh, they just want to hear motivational people. But, you know, I want to start with your story and how we met. Yeah. Um, not that while ago we were in, at, at the Combine sharing uh, a meal with some great people in this world. And you and I just clicked so much. I'm like, you know what? I got to know more about this guy, his story. Yeah. Uh, because uh, I've seen you before. I've seen you, the things you've done. But now I get to know you as a person. It's, it's completely changed my mindset on, on, on the kind of people who I should be hanging around. Right. So, you know, tell me um, a little bit about your background. Where you grew up, before we talk about the things you're doing, um, it's not always from the good old street to Beverly Hills. It's from the real street to Baltimore. Tell me about your background. Yeah, well, well thank you for the introduction, man. I feel, yeah, honored. Thank you. Um, I'm from Baltimore City. If anybody ever seen the show The Wire, HBO yes. from years ago. It's oh, really yeah. tough, tough environment. A lot of challenges, a lot of violence, a lot of drugs. And um, I grew up, you know, young kid, driven, um, motivated to be great. You know, always wanted to play basketball. So my dreams growing up was to play in the NBA. I worked out every day. I did everything I was supposed to. I didn't get in trouble. Yes. I went to practice, but I just didn't have the support or motivation I needed from the people outside of me. Granted, the men in my family were in the streets. <laughs> right. They were the kingpins of the streets. They ran the streets. They made a lot of money in the streets. So that was my male influence. Um, my mom was there. She was a single mom. She did the best she could. She gave as much as she could. But emotionally, I didn't get the love and attention and nurturing I needed from her to feel loved and fulfilled on the inside. But I did well in school. You know, I was a, it was a bookworm. You know, yes. I called myself a cool nerd. You were a studier, right? I was a studier. Love knowledge, know, wisdom, and- knowledge, wisdom, and um, yeah. So grew up, went to school, went to junior college, Howard Community College, in Columbia, Maryland, and then I transferred to Hampton University. And I graduated in 2010. Fast forward from 2010 to now, I got to L.A. 2010, and been here nine years, man. And, and you've uh, been killing in L.A. I mean, we, we well, let's let's be clear before we get to that part. Well, my struggles in L.A. has been real, you know, up until now. Uh, when I got here, I had I booked a one-way ticket. I remember like yesterday. So tell me about the mindset of someone that leaves, because I'm from the inner city of Oakland. It's the other side of the country. You're from the inner city of Baltimore. Most people that we know don't leave the city. They don't leave like, the city. It's like I don't leave the city because I don't even have a car. Like, or they don't leave the neighborhood. Or the neighborhood. Because they have a lack of exposure or they don't want to or they don't know how to or I don't think they can. Um, so how did, you leave, how did you get yourself to, you know, how did you buy the mindset of someone that has enough hustle and belief in themselves to buy a one-way ticket out of their town? Man, you know what it was? I remember I had a moment when I was 15 years old. You know, like I said, the men in my family sold endless drugs, but they also got in trouble. And I was saying to myself, I know there's something more than just Baltimore, just negativity, drugs, killings, you know. You know, yeah, I played basketball, but I, I always knew there was something else. I just didn't know what it was. So when I graduated in 2010, my dad sat me down and said, son, I don't want you to be here in Baltimore. I think you should go to L.A. Granted, my dad really doesn't have those type of conversations with me. He was the provider and not the guider. It wasn't a normal conversation. Yeah, like, okay, dad. He always bought me all the sneakers, the video games. Yes. Always came to the basketball games, but never showed me how to ball. Right. But right. still dad, love him to death. Anyway, he sat me down. You should go to L.A., son. I said, okay, cool. From that point on, I went to a friend's uh, mom's house where she was giving me a graduation gift for graduating from college. Oh, Eric, you know, I'm proud of you, but I don't think you should stay here in Baltimore. I think you should go to Los Angeles. <laughs> okay. Two people. That's twice now. They don't even know each other. So I'll go to Hampton and clean up my apartment, Hampton University, and I apply for a job. LA Sports Marketing. Hey, two hours later after submission, they want to interview me. Third time's a charm. 
from there, you know, I booked the one-way ticket, got to L.A. June 12th, and the rest was history. And I had $1,000 to my name. So you just listen. I listen to my intuition, and I tell people the highest form of intelligence is intuition. That's and, beautiful. The highest form of intelligence is intuition. And it will lead you to your destiny. It will teach you how to hustle. So trust your gut, right? You, you got to trust, trust your, your gut. gut. Yeah. So how does someone out there right now who's dealing with a set of circumstances, whether it's taking that job leap or putting down that extra donut because I want to get in shape or so much as asking someone out on a date. They get to the point where their intuition tells them they should do something, but then they don't have the the ability to overcome that with their self-confidence. So it wasn't just intuition telling you. It was was your belief in yourself that you could make it. Yeah, and I just knew knew something was greater. I think you you can't be afraid of the unknown. You can't be afraid of change. I love that. And once you get to that understanding that nothing matters – other than you going after what you believe. That's right. Because what are you standing on? I was standing on my beliefs. And my belief was, I got to be great. I want to do more than what's in front of me. I had dreams of planning an NBA that didn't work. So that doesn't mean my life stops or my dreams stop. So did you, did you care about what other people in your hometown were saying? Like, why are you leaving? What are you doing going out there? You're not going to make it. You're going to fail. Because it's enough to have belief. But those things have to creep in a little bit. Yeah, you know what's funny about my decision coming to LA, as as you remember, I said decision. Yes. To everybody else, it was a risk, right? They thought I was taking a risk, but in my mind, it wasn't a risk. It was as I was making a decision to go to LA, as if I was going to grad school to LA. Right. Like me picking another university to go to school to. Right. So I didn't have the perception of risk on my mind. It didn't dawn on me until a year after being in LA. Like, oh snap, I've been in this town for a year. I'm 3,000 miles away from my family. What did I just do? <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's why. Because I, I would get bothered when people were like, are you coming back home? You sure? And I'm like, why do you keep asking me the same question? But I wasn't aware because I didn't have the perception it, so they had. They saw you as being risky. Yes. You saw it as like progression. Yes. So that kind of helped my development here in, in Los Angeles because uh, I wasn't looking at it as, oh, you're taking a risk. You, how are you going to survive? How are you going to make it? That so was how, not a question. So how did you make it? Because it wasn't like you had Uncle Daddy Warbucks paying for your <laughs> no. way here. You got here with a thousand bucks. Thousand dollars, and I had to give seven hundred and fifty dollars to a guy I met on Craigslist who was a limo driver. His <laughs> name is Mustafa, <laughs> and I slept on his couch for <laughs> a year and paid him five hundred dollars a month. Talk about having to put yourself in a situation where you have to do or die. Do or die. Do or die. So you come out here after you pay for one month's rent. Yeah. You barely have enough money to eat now. Yes. And now, and now, and now, and now what is it? Like, what is it? Is it like okay now? Because you had a job kind of lined up. But- well, I had a job. Come to find out, I went on an interview and it was a fluke. It was a fraud. I think the moment I opened my mouth, they were like, "Oh, we can't take advantage of this young naive college guy." Interesting. And I looked them up on a better business bureau. They wasn't a credit, had all these complaints. I was like, wow. But I'm thankful for them because they got me out here, right? They did. That's why everything that comes your way, right? whether it's a fraud or a scam or not, yeah. things don't come to you by accident. By accident. And so that didn't work out. So I had to really find a job. I was staying with my boy in West Hollywood for two weeks. Granted, him and his wife lived in an you know, apartment in West Hollywood. And then from there, I was just using every number and contact I got from everybody from the family. That's crazy. Because and, and, and think about that. Any any business that you're in, it's all about your contacts. So you were just like, okay, now I have to pull from whatever resources I have. I have to meet this guy. I have to find that guy. I'll make a connection somewhere. And I use every connection, and those things lead to my progression out here. And the hard part was I couldn't get a job nowhere. I, when I graduated mega cum laude, uh, I had decent amount of grades. So I'm thinking, like, I can get a job. I couldn't get a job nowhere. That's I mean, wild. I went to every high fashion store. I went to like Fox Sports News. I went to hotels. My first job, you want to know my first job in Los Angeles? was Chic Shoes. (laughs) I was a salesman making $8 an hour with a college degree. Yeah. I worked at the sneaker store as a stock boy and a salesman. I was 16. You know how humbling that was? So humbling. So what I realized, like, LA didn't care who I was or what I did in the past. So the market don't care. The market doesn't, doesn't care your last name. The market doesn't care your degree, the market is gonna make everyone equal because you have to earn it at the end of the day. So I had to prove myself. At 22 years old, with a, getting paid minimum wage. So what, what did you draw from in that moment of truth? 
did you draw from the tough street to Baltimore? Was it your family's upgrading? Was it the fact that your family hustled in the streets and you knew that if they could hustle, you could hustle? It, it wasn't. I think hustle was just in my spirit. I couldn't even, I wasn't even thinking about hustle. I just, all I had, I had to do whatever it took. You were right? hustle. I was hustle. You were hustle. So I used all my resources. I had a job. So the one thing I will tell people listening right now, the thing that really altered my life and shifted my paradigm and changed me for the better I was so hungry and so curious for knowledge. And what do I need to do? Like, I'm lost. I'm 22 years old in Los Angeles, hungry California. Hungry for knowledge. That's all. Hungry That's for knowledge. And I started to read books. And, I, you know, I did well in school, but I was never really like, I got to read this book, I got to read this book. So you used your, you, you, you used your, you know, nine to five to pay your bills and mm-hmm. your five to nine to go get knowledge and better yourself. Yes. So there was two books. One book was Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill changed my life there was a part in that book that was speaking directly to me as a college student and how i got in this real world and i didn't know what the hell was going on but i thought i knew everything from that book i read the secret and with those two books together my life started to change started manifesting opportunities more money and i was like oh things are really changing because i was applying myself in a different way and I always say information changes situations. So, so let me get this right. You didn't grow two feet taller, did you? No. You, you didn't get like all of a sudden muscles <clears throat> popping out of your neck. <laughs> you, you, your mindset is what changed. My your mindset. belief system in what you were doing was changing. And like literally, if you're out there right now and listening to this, you could change your mindset by flipping on a switch. Yes. And if you do that, everything will change for you. You can learn how to hustle. But turning your mind on to the right stuff yeah. is by having a reason to get out there and say, I'm just going to fight out and do it. I'm not, I don't care. Yeah. You were thirsty for knowledge. Thirsty for you knowledge. watered that thirst. And then what happened from there? And, and this, there are more books. And then there was the Tony Robbins of the world who really sparked a fire under me. Bob Proctor's, Les Brown's. And, and then, you know, I was at, you know, Chic Shoes, the sneaker store for about a year. From there... So I was, you know how sometimes the, the salesman is at the front of the store and like trying to get people to come in. Yes. And at this time I was reading The Secret and I was plowing all the things in The Secret and I had already read Think and Grow Rich. And so there was a recruiter from Amacrombie and Fitch. I was like, hmm, would you like to work at, you know, Amacrombie and Fitch as a manager? I'm like, what? So I took the interview a week later. Then they hired me. So... I quit <laughs> the sneaker job and I went to go be an AM, assistant manager. That's so I was making like $15 an hour with benefits Double and up. insurance. Double up. So I was like, wow. And then the funny thing is I was still, because I was doing background acting, you know, at the time. And now like, because I was trying. I was yeah, so what was the acting? Where, where did that, did you always act as a kid? Never, never. Like acting was never a dream of mine, never something I wanted to do, never had passion for it. So how did you fall into your first well, when I got here to L.A., a friend who helped me find my apartment that I was staying in off of Craigslist, she said that you need to go do background acting. You need to sign up at Central Casting and do background. So, honestly, the funny thing is my first ever job in Los Angeles was acting. That's I was crazy. getting paid as a stand-in on a Zack and Cody show on Nickelodeon, and I was Deron Williams. <laughs> what did your family say when you told them that? I mean, they didn't say anything before. They didn't really have that much say because I was such a good kid and I was very responsible. They were just like, okay, if you need anything, let me know. Or it was just more like, I don't know. I was different. I was probably making like $175 a day. So I was happy. I worked three days, make a little bit of money. I'm like, oh, That's I great. met Dwight Howard, Kevin Love. Yeah. Like It was like, yeah, Deron Williams. Yes. But so that happened in the process of me getting a job, the $8,000 job. I was still going on background acting. So around that time, let me... Not only getting the job at Amicrump and Fitch, prior to that, I was doing a, uh, I did a background uh, commercial, documentary commercial for Genio Turkey Burger. You know, you come on there, passing around the burgers, you're eating them, and I got interviewed. And then, little do you know, that part of the interview got chosen for the commercial. So, mind you, everything I was playing from the books, from the affirmations to attracting these things. And at like three months after me getting a job at Amacrombie and Fitch, I had got like five checks in the mail. Isn't that crazy? Residual checks from, a, I was doing background, but they bumped me up to SAG because they used my face and my voice. Yes. And I was just like, wow, this stuff really works. <laughs> it really works. Yeah. 
and and so that's how that all happened. And then I'm like, I'm on this, I have this momentum. I'm working. I'm making a little bit more money. I then bought me a car. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm yeah. doing it, baby. <laughs> Almost two years doing in. It. Yes, doing LA. Yes. And then I stopped applying myself. I I did before. I got comfortable. Got the juice a little bit. Yeah, I got comfortable. I'm, I'm making a little bit of money. I got benefits. But then, but I still had this entrepreneur spirit and wanted to do my own thing. So I had this idea. I was listening to Bob Proctor on YouTube. He's talking about intuition. Here we go back to intuition. And I got a thought. Oh, you know what? None of these life coaches or mentors or motivational gurus have an app. You know? I can create an app. I want to create a motivational app. So there you go. The epiphany came. I went and followed it. That was the moment. That was the moment. So at the time, I, I called my cousin back in Baltimore. He connected me with some guys in D.C. He's like, oh, we can build it out. We can do this. We can do that. I'm like, how much? They were like, oh, 1500 I was like, I don't got that type of money. But he's like, well, you can put you on a payment plan. You pay $400 a month. So I'm like, okay. So my goal was once I created my app and got it up, I was going to quit Amacrombie and Fitch. So I, I was at Amacrombie and Fitch about 18 months. So Eric Bigger's Successful Living was the mobile app. So they completed it, it was done. You could like, you know, reach out to me. You can do, I could put up quotes. That's but granted, I'm 24 years old. Like, what do I know about marketing or putting myself out there? Like, who did I thought I was? I thought I was the guy. Like, I haven't really done anything. Went for it. Yeah, I went for it, but it's like I had this app, but I had no substance to it and nobody to give it to. So, but remember, I quit my job. And at that time, and in the process of me working at Amacorn and Fish, I was doing boot camps in North Hollywood Park for two years. For fitness, right? For fitness. So every Saturday, I would do a boot camp at 8.30 in the morning. It was called Rich Life Success Driven. That was the name. And then so I had that to kind of like feed off of. And I wasn't charging then. But from there, once I quit Amacorn and Fish and started this app, I got into one-on-one training, personal training, fitness training. And that kind of went on for like... A few months. So that was your first true real entrepreneur thing. Yeah, I really took the risk. And man, I tell you, I think it was 24 on the app, launched, you know, I was two and a half years in LA. 25 hit was probably one of the toughest years of my life. That was the first year I went to go work. And in my mind, I was like, I'm going to be this entrepreneur. I'm going to be this boss. I didn't have that mindset. It was just like, this is what I want to do. Right. I'm following my gut. I want to train people. And so I did it. I started charging my own prices. I didn't know anything about invoices and, you know, getting trainer insurance. I was just like, just... Hey, there's no class in college for right. being an entrepreneur. Right. And so I did that. And then that year was so, so tough. Like, I honestly, the end of that year, 25 years old, I actually went back to Amacrom and Fitch as a model. How humbling was that? That was probably so humbling. Went back as a model and I was folding clothes and I used to tell people to fold clothes. You know, it yeah, was like, yeah. and I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Like, why am I in this position? Like, and I was like, okay. Then from there, I just was struggling hard to pay rent. And at this time, was your mindset any different? Was your belief system in yourself? My belief different? system was shaking because I had no hope. I remember that year. I tell it like yesterday, and I actually ran into this young lady uh, in Chicago not too long ago. I was, was talking to this girl. She lived in the Bay, and she was coming up uh, for around Christmas to come see me. And I probably had $7 to my name. And at the time, I had a one bedroom with a roommate, and he brought all his family in town, and they're staying at the place. It was a small place. Right. I can't invite her over. And I'll never forget that moment. 25 years old, I think it was 2013, $7 in my bank account. I can't take her to get no food. I can't take her out. I feel so low. And I'm like, man. And then so fast forward after that, I was just like, I need I need a job. Like I can't I can't continue to do this. I can't live on a dream. Yeah, like what are we doing? Yeah. So then I went, but the funny thing is it's crazy. This is what I tell people. We create our own reality. Based on what's inside us, based That's on our right. perceptions totally and what we believe. believe. I tell people, what you believe is real. But there's always things I always wanted to do. And some way, somehow, my life allows me to do it. Yes. When I was in college, I worked in the government. I always wanted to work in the government. When I came to LA, I always wanted to work at a nightclub. I wanted to be the door guy. I wanted to, I don't know, I just wanted to work at a nightclub. 
So I get a job at a nightclub. I was the door guy. I was getting like thirteen twenty five an hour. I mean, it's better than nothing. So you're good. You're starting to get some paper back <clears throat> again. Yep, I'm getting some money. And so I'm doing that. And I said, I'm going to really learn this position. And the owner, when I first got there, it was like, oh, this, this guy, the owner, he's mean, he's evil, he's a and so I'm curious like I'm the guy like yeah I'm the guy if the class is hard like I remember a teacher named Miss Armenti she had an English class she was hard I want to take her class yes let me see what this is about the prettiest girl in school oh man you ain't gonna get her what watch me I want to date her yes so I was like what is it about this Tom guy that everybody's intimidated by so he came in you know we sat down I'm like and then over the years I was like I see why the way he is and so think guy is very successful he actually builds homes. He's in construction. Has his own construction business. Makes a lot of money building mansions. Yes. Up in Pasadena, uh, Equal, uh, Echo Park. Like he's very successful. So this club is just something on the side. But I started to learn things from this man. And while I was working there those two years, I learned a lot about how he does his business. Sure, there's knowledge again, right there. Yeah. But we kind of built a great relationship, and he always like believed in me. Like at the moments when I really didn't think someone should believe me or give me advice, he's like, whatever you need, you just let me know, I got you. And I think those little moments from people that outside of you that you weren't looking for, like it just always gave me confidence. So I worked for him at the club for like two and a half years. And in that process, I was doing Uber. I was doing Uber. I had signed up with Congan Water because I had an alkaline water machine. So I was trying to sell water machines. So here I am. 20, I'm 26 at this time. I'm selling water machines. I'm working at the nightclub. And I'm doing Uber. Right? And I'm still fitting it. Personal training. Like, I'm just trying to really whatever, figure it out. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes, people. Whatever it takes. I'm really putting myself out there. I got to make this happen. Not what, complaining. Not getting down. Not getting down. Just really trying to figure just it out. Just trying to figure it out. And at this time, I'm still reading books. I'm still learning. I'm still earning this wisdom and this knowledge and trying to put it to test and understanding, studying life. And then, you know, I always get to a point in my life where I feel like if I master something, like working at the club, there's no more interest. I'm not stimulated anymore mentally. It doesn't get me going. There's no challenge. You need that I, chase. Yeah, you know, I need the chase. So I quit there. So I did Uber <laughs> full time and still was training. I was like, hold up. I made double the money right. doing Uber and training for myself than I did working at the club. This is kind of weird. Right? <laughs> on your own schedule, on whenever, my own whenever schedule. you want. I'm making double the money. Yeah. Like, are you sitting in the car, not having to even move anymore? Right. <laughs> what am I thinking? Yeah. So, I was doing that and just still getting knowledge still. And so, finally, the sacrifice of staying with a roommate for five years in a one bedroom. So, I think I was like 27 going on 28. It's like, That's okay. a lot of sacrifice. Yeah, buddy. You need to kind of get out of this uh, scarcity mindset. You got to be a man. You're going to invite a young lady over. You're in a one bedroom. <laughs> oh, man, don't you sacrifice. It's just that broke mentality it because, is. you know, you're trying to cut ends and, ah, it's time to grow up, level up. Yes. So, this is how I know that what's for you is for you. So, August 2016, 2016. Um, before I was going home to Baltimore to see my family for like eight days, I had to look for an apartment. So it was a neighborhood, you know, Miracle Mile. One bedroom, there's like twelve fifty a month. You only got to put $700 down. I'm like, oh, I can make that in a week. Like I was doing numbers in Uber. I was making like 1000 a week. Like I was putting in yep. work. Yep. I go I go to Baltimore. I come back. I think I got back. I think I left on like the 16th, 17th of July. I got back like the 24th, 25th. Mind you, my lease at my old spot. This is less than three years ago. Yeah. So we'll catch up because three years, you've done a lot in three years. So yeah. Three years uh, ago, you were driving Uber, driving Uber. and Uber. getting your first apartment. Yeah. So people, look, if you're out there right now, yeah, I mean, really, you hear the story in a minute of where, where of what you're doing, which is incredibly great. Yeah. So it, it, belief, belief, patience, patience, go get it. Go get it. And so I get back from Baltimore. I got about six or seven days before my lease. I got to be moved out of this old place in Carriage. I just one one with this roommate in one bedroom. And I get back and ladies say, oh, no, sorry, you didn't get it. And credit didn't go. I'm pissed. Like, what? How, how could this how be so? 
very mad because I went home. I told my grandmother. I told my mother. Like I got my expectations were so yeah. high, and I got back. So a friend of mine who uh, ran the Olympics and had a lot of success in his life, he's like, man, I think I need to help you find your spot. So we go to the spot next door. Now the spot next door is like glass, uh, you know, doorway. You know, rent is crazy high. I mean, staying still, wood floors, brick in the back. He's like, E, I think this is your spot right here. This is an E bigger spot. I was like, man, that's crazy. I can't. Are you paying? I can't. He said, listen, you got to do it. I'm like, what do you mean? He said, it won't make sense to you right now. It will only make sense when you do it. So the funny thing, listen to this, people. I said, you know what? I'm going to just go ahead and apply for this. I asked my mom. She can co-sign. I love that. I applied. And like in two days, I get an email early in the morning. And say you got it, you you got the apartment, and you didn't even need your mom to co-sign. You got it on your own. I started crying. I couldn't believe it. I was like, I did it. What? My I'm paying almost two thousand dollars a month. Right. How am I do this? <laughs> Figured out. Figured out. But the thing is, it wasn't meant for me to be in the cheaper apartment. That's right. It was supposed to be in the more expensive one. Absolutely. And I'm, I I say, you know, dedicate that to where I was at in my vibration and my information and who I was at the time. Yeah, you were setting a low a low frequency vibration. So, yeah. of course, you were going to get a low a low rent apartment. Yeah. You raise your standards. Raise my standards, and I got the apartment. So, I get an apartment. Like, wow. Okay, now you got to pay this one. <laughs> Granted, Uber helped out. Shouts out to Uber. Shouts out to <laughs> you, Uber. You guys helped me yeah. out. Thanks I had a little bit of happen. money in the account to yep. kind of keep me going for a few months. Yep. But man, I was I was still grinding hard that year, 2016, to pay that rent. And so there's a lady by the name of Joe Lay. She's like a spiritual advisor. And you know, I was called her one day, like the end of 2016. She's like, son, you're burning yourself out. You have nothing left in the tank. You need to sit down. You're trying to do everything and you can do nothing. She's like, she was just giving me a real heart to heart and like really checking me like, you gotta figure something out. And at the time, around that time, I had got a call from a friend. Well, not actually a call, a text message. From the same girl who told me I should do background acting, sent me a screenshot text message of a Facebook picture of a casting for The Bachelorette. Yes. She said, would you want to do this? I'm like, yeah. But granted, people remember, I'm in a new vibration. I'm in a new apartment, a better apartment, a better environment. So how much time had gone by from your apartment to this text that you got? So it was from, I got an apartment uh, August 2016. I probably got the text, uh, I believe, late October, early November. So you're talking two months later. Two it, months. It was right around. Yeah, like 60 days, time. at least 60 days later. So she texts you about this this casting call. Yeah. And you've been acting a little before, so you've been on around yeah. casting calls, but nothing yeah. like The Bachelor. Yeah, nothing like The Bachelor. Nothing like I mean, reality the number one TV. show in America. Right. I mean, come on. That's ridiculous. So I'm like, sure. So I go for the interview. They're asking me a lot of questions, and they're like, oh, you know what? We like you. We want to move you forward right away. I'm like, great. Do another interview. Cool. I submitted paperwork, everything. And then, no, first, hold on. I'm sorry. That's wrong. Before that, they had you do a lot of paperwork. It's very tedious. You got to do your paperwork. You got to submit photos. And I feel like it's a test to see if you really want this. You can do the job. Like, we had to submit 25 photos. Listen, people, 25 photos. The packet was like college class or something. You got to fill out all these. That's for sure a test. Yeah. So I said, okay, E, this is your test. Are you going to do it? So I did that. And then I submitted everything. I did all my, my work. I didn't hear from anybody. So then, now I'm like, it's the end of the year. I'm kind of feeling down. Like, man, like, no nothing, more, happened. Yeah. nothing happened. No and one had me back. Crazy apartment rent. Right. And so it's probably like the second, going into the second week of January, I get a call from a random number. I think I was just finishing doing Uber or just about to do Uber. One, I wanted to, and it was somebody from a casting, ABC. We said, oh, we would love to bring you in for an interview. Da 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 da. I'm sending you an email, and I'm like, what? Like. I mean, I was in my head. I've been waiting for this. What are you guys feeling that? You know, it's, it's kind of like a deal you, when it's pending. It's yeah. like, can we close this yeah. out? You kind of forgot about it, and then yeah. you were kind of had had accepted the fact that it wasn't going to happen, right? And just at that moment is when it happened for you. It happened for me. I went on that interview, and it went great. They moved me ahead, 
And then I had a final interview. Final interview. You take your test. It's like a 600-question test you take cause for your psychological. psychological yeah. yeah. Um, blood test, urine test. And then they put you in a room of like 20 producers. And they're just, well, you're, like? you're just sitting in the front seat and they're checking you like, boom, boom. So tell me about yourself. What, give me a moment where you was in fear or you was in a relationship or someone did something you didn't like. And, and so me and the EP of the show, we got into it. Like, we like was, an argument was? Yeah, because I think he wanted me to commit to, so there was a guy in the room. His name was Louie. Louie, by the way, I love that guy. He's the one who kind of, I get to, it's miracle season. But anyway, he's the one who kind of like pushed that to come out of me. But anyway, he loved Roscoe's chicken and waffles. I said, listen, it's horrible. It's disgusting. I'm from Baltimore. Like, my mom, my That's grandmother can cook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so the EP of the show, Elon, at the time, said, do you think he's wrong? I said, no, I don't think he's wrong. That's his perception. That's his truth. That's not what I feel. That's what he felt. I don't think he's wrong. That's the truth. Oh, bullshit. You know, that's what he was kind of calling. He was calling my bluff. Like, yeah. come on, how are you going to say you don't like it, but then he's not wrong? Right. You're BSing. So they wanted he, you to call it like you saw it. Yeah, he, he was getting mad that I wasn't agreeing that his truth was wrong. I said, no, that's his truth for him. So I thought, like, oh, man, I kind of messed up. I got into a big <laughs> shot of the show. But he was like... I didn't, we didn't like each other. He's like, I thought she was for the fluff. You was just this positive guy who didn't really want to own how you feel. And, and then I thought I messed up. And then, you know, next thing you know, yeah, you got to get this. You need to see. You need to pack this. You need to do that. So and what I'm was like, the moment? Like, was it a phone call? Was it an email? It was a so look. Here, here it is. So listen, people. And where were you at? I want to hear about this. I was coming from Westlake. I was just finishing training at Proactive Sports. Shouts out to Ron Capretta. They trained a lot of professional athletes, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Clay Matthews, Paul George, all these big-time athletes, baseball guys. And I was, I was going out there like three times a week just to train with these with these people. Anyway, I'm coming back from Westlake. I'm on a one-on-one. You know, that that ride from Damn. Thousand Oaks, Westlake, all the way to in town is incredulous. It's just like an hour and some change. Yes. And the funny thing is I was in a car by myself. I was in a car by myself. I got the call, and I looked at my phone. And I was like, this got to be them. And they say, oh, yeah, can I speak to Mr. Bigger? It's like, yeah, this is him. Uh, yeah, so this is, uh, I think her name was Lacey. Lacey from Cast of ABC, The Bachelorette. We just wanted to know if you decided if you wanted to go on a show or not. What do you think? And I, like, put the phone down. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, like, you want to. So I put the phone down, like, oh, my God, damn, I got to make a decision. Damn. And I was like, yes, I want to do it. And she's like, okay, cool. I'll send over some paperwork, get you up and started, da 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 cool. And I hung up the phone. I was like, what did I just do? I just said yes. <laughs> but there goes. I didn't know what was going to happen after because that's the unknown. What was the first thing you did once I told you that you were casted? I was just like, yes, but also like, I don't know. What did I just have myself up for? Yeah. But it was a moment. It was like, I knew I had to say yes. Cause like, are you gonna do Uber and train people in your apartment when you know you gotta pay rent and like forever? Like, what are you gonna do? Granted, I didn't really know much about the show other than it was a love show. I didn't watch. I just so I did it, and like that year I was turning twenty nine. So the show out first. I went on March thirteenth. So here's the thing. Another thing about TV has been chasing me. I've never wanted to do TV. TV has been chasing me since I've been in Los Angeles. So I went on to the Bachelorette. My experience started March 13th, 2017. I turned 29 on March 9th, 2017. That weekend, I went on an audition. Hey, go back to audition. It was TV's chasing me for David and, David and Busters. David and Busters, I believe. It's like the arcade. Yes, yeah. David Busters. So and then I had a call back on the 10th, which is the day after my birthday. And I kind of know when I'm in an audition, if I book it, like I can feel the energy. And I had to dance. I was like, oh, they're asking me to dance on this callback with like women? Like, oh, this is easy. I go on a callback. I get a call that Sunday. I'm like, agent, you booked it. You booked the commercial. The shoot day is Monday, March 13th. I'm going on ABC The Bachelorette on March 13th. <laughs> I'm like... What, what are, you, are the chances? What is the universe up? And mind you, I haven't booked the commercial from Jenny all o. that time. All that time. And the same day. And I had a new agent and everything. It was David Busters time. and The Bachelor on the exact same day. And so here we go again, people. I had to make a decision. So I said, unfortunately, because I'm under contract, I told my agent, 
I can't, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do the commercial. I'm signed to go on a bad trap March 13th. And I was trying to figure out if I could do both at the same time, but I, I just couldn't because they had me the whole day. So that sucked. I was like, and I was non-union at the time. The money was 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 decent. wasn't great, but still, like that feels good to book it something. You know, good. to have that momentum That's to right. go into a show. That's right. So I didn't do the job, uh, and I went on a show. And what was the show like? I mean, tell me about the experience. Uh, obviously, you know, we all can watch it as fans. Yeah. Watching how it looks, produced, non-produced, uh, fights, drama. You know, what was the show like being? on it and having a camera in your face all the time. I mean, it was life-changing for me, for one. Um, difficult at times, very challenging emotionally, mentally draining, um, overwhelming. It was like life. It was all that, but it was so great because I discovered who I really was and what I really needed. And the funny thing is they shocked me because that Monday, we wasn't supposed to see The Bachelorette until that Thursday of the week of March 13th. I was one of the four guys who went on national TV after the final rose to meet the Bachelorette for the first time. Oh, so you met her before you knew who she was. So granted, that's March 13th. I believe it was either March 8th, 7th, or 6th, the week prior. I saw the Bachelorette in my gym training with another trainer. And I was like, because at the time I already got the call to who it was. Mm -hmm. I get out of my car and I go and I'm like, that's Rachel Lindsay. What the, f this is, this is kind of weird. Like, what is she doing in my gym of all gyms? Of all gyms? I'm in, in North Hollywood at One Fitness. Yes. What is she doing there? So I go in there and I see, and I call my boy. He's like, man, you got to say something to her. He, you got. So she comes, she's training outside of the gym. She comes back in. So I, I give a high five, like, Rachel, I see you training hard. She's like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. And I looked at her. I looked at her in her eyes, I said, I see you soon. She's like, what? Look at it again, like, I see you soon. And then from there, it was just like, okay. I let her know, like, whatever. she know what I mean when I said it the yes. second time. And then I saw her again, before the limo, on TV. Jeez. And if you remember the guy, Louie, I was talking about, who was watching me, was, was with me the whole time in my trail in Burbank, right. before I went on stage, I was getting this, my intuition just kept talking to me, like, it's miracle season. It's miracle season. I'm like, what that? And I'm telling him, he's like, hey, bud, I think you should say that. You should, yes, you should say that when you go up there. I'm like, really? He's like, man, you keep saying it. But it was like, it was like a channel thought that just came to me. So I go on stage. I say, Rachel, it's a pleasure to meet you. You're from Dallas. I'm from Baltimore. It was meant to be, will be. Um, it's miracle season. And I like, I kind of said everything I wanted to say. It's then we started dancing, and the crowd went crazy. I felt like I hit a game when it shot. I got off the stage, I was like, yeah, I did it. Mm. But it was just like, what just happened? Right. And then from there, this love journey began. And then I saw her that Thursday coming out of the limo. I'm like, why do I keep seeing you? She's like, I don't know, you tell me. And the thing is, the first question I asked her on that night was, uh, it was either, either, are you afraid of love? And then like, the producers like, stop me. Like, I was coming in with like a deep question, like, <laughs> too of, soon of, of course <laughs> of course that's just you're Baltimore well, you're right, you're all right. and from there it was just every week you know the first few days it was kind of nerve wracking and it was kind of uncomfortable you learning the guys but it was intimidating because everybody was like 6'3", six, 6'2", six, cut up oh, look yeah. good they got how's like, how's like with the guys in the house oh man I mean it was great but you, it was kind of intimidating because everybody kind of had their things together which I really didn't. I probably looked like I did. I was fresh off of Uber. <laughs> They're probably fresh out of Salesforce or, you yes. know, a law firm in Fort Lauderdale. But, I mean, everybody was cool. Everybody was great. And we had some differences in the house with some men. But it was good. I mean, it was, I made some lifelong friends in this whole experience. But uh, it was, it was crazy. So what was it like? Because you're recording the show before it even gets yeah, aired. So, yep, 10 weeks. So what is it like anticipation-wise? Because uh, you hadn't seen the episodes on television yeah. yet, yeah. knowing you filmed, knowing you knew the outcome probably. Yeah. And is it anticipation? Is it is it telling your friends? Well, when, when, when you're in it, you don't know what's going to happen. You might be saying, oh, you're up to be interviewed next, or you're going to see it, and it's like, it might take an hour or two hours. Or they might uh, throw you in there, like, oh, yeah, talk about this, or talk about that. 
the fun thing for me, and it goes back to the thought of everything I always wanted to do, I always wound up doing. How? I don't know. It just happens. I always wanted to travel the world. Like, that was a goal of mine. And you got to do it. I went to six countries on the show. That's crazy. Six countries. Went to Oslo, Norway, Copenhagen, Denmark, Sweden, uh, Spain, uh, Switzerland, France. What was your favorite vacation spot of those spots? Copenhagen, Denmark. Really? And that was my one-on-one date. Nice. That was just epic. Was it? What was it like there? It was just beautiful. It was kind of a mixture of like New York and Chicago. Like it just, it was like a city feel. Like it was nice. People was free. People were out eating, having a good time. It was great. I had a good time. Uh, it, it was just, it was fun. I got to get back. And then from there, that's when it really like the momentum was like, all right, I'm in this thing. Because mm-hmm. a lot of producers didn't think I would last that long. Based on how I came in. You went like, what, eight, nine, ten weeks, something like that? I was at ten weeks. I went to final location. Yeah. So I was top three. Uh, I was yeah, the so first. What's it, what's it like to be top three? I mean, come on. People love this show. Yeah. I mean, you're downplaying it. Yeah. What's it like to be top three? On well, the now that I know, because in the moment, I didn't know. That's what I'm saying. You probably were unassuming. But now right. that you know, looking back, you were top three on The Bachelorette. Yeah. What is it, it like to have been top three in The Bachelorette? It was like... It's, I still can't describe. It was just so surreal because it's like, what is this? I had to grow a beard out on the show because I was clean faced before. It's like I was a little boy going in, and I came up, became a man on the outside of it because everything I went through. That's like I grew wild. up. That's wild. Because you know, you, you got a therapist on the show. You're learning about yourself. I fell in love for the first time. Yeah, is, it, is it really for real? I mean, because people will say it's not. You can't really fall in love in ten weeks, but people say man, you can. Yes, you can. If I stop you from everything. That's outside right. of you. You don't have no phone. You can't talk to no friends, no family. You can't go on social media. We're barely watching TV. And all you, the only focus you have is the person, the bachelorette at the time was Rachel Lindsay. You don't have no choice but to follow. And I, I learned that anybody can be the one. There's no just special. You spend enough time with someone, you do some crazy things together, like fly in helicopters and you on top of buildings. That's very and, profound. That's life right there. Because people think that yeah. I'm waiting for my one. But anyone who you give yourself Anybody to. Anybody can be the one. Yeah. And and that's what I learned. And you got to give people time. Like, if we were outside of the show dating, on the first date, I probably would have never called her the next day. Just because I wasn't that into her. I think she was cool. I think she was great as a person. But I was like, ah. Took time. But over time, I'm like, yo. Life is like and who that, is this? And that could be true for like your life, your business, for whatever. Mm-hmm. If you commit enough time to something, you could fall in love with anything. Yes, you can. That is true. You hear that from Ben Anderson, the hustle. You can That's fall in deep. love with anything. That's time, timing, trust That's the timing right. of your life. That's right. The timing of my life was great. Also, I'm into astrology, so I was in the uh, year of the Saturn return. Love that. I was getting ready for my 30, so it was a challenging year. It was, I mean, plus you're, you're about to be 30. <clears throat> yeah. You came from a new entire country, basically. Yeah. To a whole entire new planet in El- yeah. Los Angeles. Yeah. You do whatever you can to get by, get your own swanky apartment. Right. Wind up taking a random shot at this audition. Yeah. You submit 30 pictures and you pass the test. Yeah. You land on Rachel, uh, Rachel Lindsay's Bachelorette show. Mm-hmm. You're top three. It ends. And then what is life like? Man, post life, post fame, stardom, people chasing you, saying, "Air bigger." Then what happened? Man, it was it was just like mayhem. It was like, what is this? Like it was like overwhelming, but like fun and exciting, <laughs> and like yo, like people running up on me, taking photos, and TMZ got cameras in my face, and I'm like, what the <laughs> going on? People in the car, they in stores, put me on their phone. I'm like. We love you. You're just so positive, and we wanted you to win. I'm like, huh? What? <laughs> it's just like so weird because you don't know what to anticipate or expect. So and you didn't have to drive far. Well, like you went to Nebraska, right? You didn't leave Los Angeles and go to a different country. You yeah. just drove down the street yeah. back to your apartment. So what I what I did realize, I said, now I understand why TV was chasing me. I'm not on TV for the purpose of the episode or the TV show. I'm on TV because of who I am, what my energy attitude. brings yes. to people, and the impact it has on people. I had a uh, someone bring me to Toronto for appearance, and I, I, we did like a contest where we would pick like three random girls. We had like dinner at STK, this whole experience. And at the dinner table that day, that night, I was asking, like, what is it that y'all seeing me? Like, what was it about my story? He's like, I don't know. He's just like, you're just so inspiring. And, your struggle and what you've been through and you're just so strong and I'm like for real? It's attracted to your energy. Yeah and I was like you do have that when I first met you I was like this 
of all the people in the room that yeah. we're hanging out with, I'm like, this guy has some kind of kinetic energy about him. Yeah. Whether it's inertia or right. something where you create right. positive vibes. Yeah, yeah. And things just kind of vibrate yeah. towards you a little bit. Yeah, and so and I was like, I got a thought like, <gasps> now I don't know why I'm on TV because I'm from Baltimore and the kids and the youth and, you know, some of them not doing that their best. And they need somebody to look up to. Who, That's right. who are their leaders? Who do, I have nephews. It is your calling. This is my calling. So I really understood why I'm on TV. And it's not for TV per se. It's for what TV is going to do for me to help people understand what they can do for them. That's right. Based on what I go through and what I can give. So it was it was crazy. Like the first year, you know, I did a lot of guest appearances. I did a lot of interviews. Um, traveled a lot. Post-show. Yes. Um, and then, you know, I get calls to do like... Uh, Dancing with the Stars and Celebrity Family Feud and uh, I did Bachelor in Paradise then I did Winter Games it was like what is going on like this is really happening yes. and and with, with all that I'm just I tell people dreams really come true yeah like dreams really come true from having my own podcast to public speaking to working with you know the radio station Power 106 working with mental health awareness LA County Department of Mental Health and just doing all these amazing things and, and what I love is you had such a humongous I mean you couldn't have had a bigger platform yeah ABC. I mean it was the biggest platform to go from someone not on a platform to on a platform yeah. without having to go through like years and years of working way up a ladder yeah the entertainment world yeah you kind of went from non-platform to platform very yeah. fast and what you've done with the platform yeah. has been incredible yeah. I want to talk a little bit about what you're doing today and, and how you give back to mental health and how you help inspire people and how you coach and how that yeah. vibration is now vibrating other people. Yeah. So talk about your business today. Well, um, I, people out there, you know, you still got to, you know, give attention and loyalty to what started you in fitness training. I still have clients. I have yes. high-end clients. Um, one, I want to go to their homes and train them. I still do that. Uh, auditioning. I just did an AT&T commercial not too long ago. Thank God for that. And sad. Oh, and a new vibe about uh, yeah. privacy, and it's cool. Yeah, um, but right now um, I'm partnering with. Uh, it's a startup called Be Raw, and Be Raw stands Just for B R A W R A W. So Raw stands for resilient, authentic, willing, and so what we're creating is a platform um, for people using you know your body, mind, and spirit to heal themselves through three modalities: fitness. Uh, meditation and yoga Interesting. and so I'm helping them create content to help people deal with their emotions That's stress really cool. anger fear sadness worry and create workouts based on those emotions you know about all those emotions yeah <laughs> I've been you through do. them all yeah. <laughs> you're a poster boy for all those yes. things yes shouts out to the Pisces I'm very emotional but uh so I have that and then uh Power 106 shouts out to Power 106 yes uh I have a uh, always do good stuff. Yeah, them. partner. I partner with them with the mental health awareness campaign, and each month we're gonna put on a emotional boot camp. So we That's did our really last, cool. our first one last weekend, uh, which was in Culver City Park, and so we're gonna probably try to hit all the districts in LA. Cool. And I'm That's once, so positive. once a month I'm gonna do a boot camp for people emotionally and just help them connect to themselves. And it's still gonna be fitness based, but have them think about things they don't think about and ask them questions, have them journal and. All how can we get behind that? How can we? How can if someone right now is out there struggling and needs mental health, physical support, how do we get behind that or sign up for that movement? Well, so Power One Hundred Six. So if you go to Power One Hundred Six slash Emotion, there's a link in my bio on my Instagram at Eric Bigger. You right go on. there and fill out the information, and you can join a boot camp uh, with the Be Raw space. Uh, we're launching our app probably the end of July, but you can go to our page, join Be Raw J O O I N uh, Be Raw B E R A W. Um, and you could just DM me, you know, hit me up. But right now, those are the two platforms where you can go and get information and have understanding on where I'm going to be or how you can help yourself. Uh, other than that, that's... Uh, the cool thing is you're, yeah. you're just starting your yeah, I'm just starting. ascent yeah. in your life. I yeah. mean, you've been through a lot, but, but I, I feel like you're just starting. Yeah, I'm just starting. I'm and just the world started. just didn't give the Bachelorette show to someone... I feel like it gave it someone deserved it. Yeah. Because you used it for the right stuff. And mm -hmm. some people can use it for self-promotion. Yeah. And the market dictates how that person is seen. Yeah. So the fact that you came off the show and people loved you and got behind you mm -hmm. and kind of galvanized behind you yeah. shows the market gave <clears throat> the tools to the right person. Yeah, and I'm thankful for it. And it wasn't easy, but, man, it was worth it. And I don't take anything for granted. You know, um, there was a, a, a young rapper who, you know, got murdered not too long ago here in L.A., Nipsey Hussle. 
and he was a big inspiration to a lot of people, at least in the urban community. And he did it, Hustle and Motivate, you know, the marathon and Victory Lab. Like, he spoke those words in the universe. He did everything he wanted to do. And unfortunately, his life was taken from him. But I just tell people, man, you know, if you got something inside of you, you got a gift, you got a thought, man, go for it. Go for it. And don't believe in it and don't let anything stop you, not even yourself. Because sometimes we'll let our thoughts, our bad thoughts, and the lies we tell ourselves to stop us. And you didn't stop yourself when you yeah. bought that one-way ticket. Yeah, I didn't. You didn't stop? Uh-huh. I didn't stop. wasn't coming back. I made a decision, and I stand firm on that. And I think Napoleon Hill, when you make a definite decision, <laughs> I don't know the rest of it, and you stick to it, your life will change. And I was definite about how I felt and what I wanted to do. I knew I was going to get in this space. I, just, I, I didn't know how, and I thought it was going to be basketball. Basketball was my dream, was my passion. But as I tell people, I didn't go, I didn't make it in the NBA and the pros, but I went pro in life. That's right. I'm professional in life, so... Yeah. That's what I want to teach young men coming up that you don't have to just be an athlete. You can be a pro in life. Whether it's real estate, life. you can ball in life, and you hustle. You know, the Hustle podcast right. with Ben Anderson. That's right, baby. So it's always to make life happen for yourself outside of what you were used to growing up. So Well, I feel like we're family over this. Kind of sit down. We had a great yeah. time in Indianapolis, the Combine. Yeah. You know, I, I wanted to get you in here just so we could have time together because, you know, if we do this, we actually can hang out. Yeah. And now we can spend time together beyond this and Absolutely. you're close. So. Uh, I can't wait to see where you go. I mean, you're a rising, shining star. Yeah, thank this you. This whole industry, if you need someone to book that has real, true talent, that's going to treat that platform right, Eric Bigger is a man. So how can we follow your Instagram? So on Instagram, I'm just Eric Bigger, E-R-I-C-B-I-G-G-E-R. My Twitter is Eric underscore Bigger. And I am on Snapchat, eBiggs, E-B-I-G-G-S-S. Um, you can email me, too, if you want to book me, eBiggerInquiries. Oh, just message me on Instagram. It's, it's all love. I love people. I love life. I love learning. I love evolving. And it's a we thing. It's not an I thing. And we can do this thing together. And um, we all need each other. So with that being said, it's miracle season. Thank you, Ben Anderson. The Hustle Podcast was amazing and phenomenal. And we did it. If you want a miracle, book this man. There we go. <laughs> you have the hustle, my friend. Thank you. Thank right. you. Thank you. I'll see you guys later. Appreciate it. Thanks for following us on The Hustle. To follow our story, check us out at benanderson.365 on Instagram and stay tuned for our next honored guest.